0: Good morning. morning. I trust everybody is having a great morning so far. Uh, If you don't feel the presence of God in here today, something is wrong with you. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to Choose Life Church. Uh, Pastor John, to you and your wife, thank you uh, for always extending an invitation to myself and... South African family Uh, you know you and my dad go way back he actually goes back to your dad (laughs) that relationship started with your father and uh, I want to thank you for extending uh, that relationship with myself and and my sister thank you very much Uh, I just want to recognize Charlie Masala and his wife Zoli Charlie has uh, been a part of our family for since he was 19 years old or maybe earlier than 19, and Charlie is years old now. So that's a lot of years in between. (laughs) He's much older than 19 now. Um, I guess, Charlie, please stand, you and Zoli. I just want to recognize these two. They have been faithful to... They have been faithful to uh, my my parents and and the the vision that my dad has had and the calling on their life. Uh, You know, Charlie gave up a a well-paying job to come full-time in uh, everything that we've established here in South Africa. So, Charlie, again, you know, I tell you this all the time, but I I thank you for your faithfulness. It's hard to find good people that understand your vision. You know, it's one thing for you to uh, pursue your vision, but when you find others that pursues your vision with you, you know, that's a blessing from God. So, so Charlie, thank you. Thank you very much. And to, to the rest of the team, Eric and Manda and your wives, I want to thank, thank you guys as well. Um, I want to bring greetings from the Bahamas, a uh, place where God lives. It's not raining in the Bahamas right now, so he's definitely there right now. (laughs) (laughs) I want to bring greetings from my sister as well. She um, isn't here, but she will be joining us uh, this weekend. Um, I'm hoping that at some point she'll be able to come and and be with us. I don't think she's ever ministered uh, with you guys, Um, and I think it'll be a blessing if she could do that as well. So we'll I will personally try to make that happen sooner but later. Um, I just want to share with you guys this morning something that, you know, God has been working on me with. Uh, You know, I mentioned in the first service that, uh, you know, I've been kind of battling with a few things. You know, being the, the son of someone as uh, impactful and great as, as, as Miles Monroe Sr., you know, there's a lot of expectations that comes along with being his son. You know, folks, uh, I guess, expect me to be my father, be the person or be like him or be the pastor that he is. You know, I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> I am uh, Miles Monroe Jr. I am a seed from my father, but I am an entirely different individual. And I'm okay with that, whether you are or not. (laughs) I I am totally fine. I'm totally fine being a junior. Uh, There's no way that I can fill my dad's shoes. You know, so folks, folks say all the time, you know, you have some big shoes to fill. Um, I, I say, no, those shoes have already been filled and they've walked the journey that they were supposed to walk. I have my own size 10 and a halfs that I'm trying to fill. <laughs> I'm walking my own path. Um, but, you know, my uh, journey up until this point you know, especially the, the last uh, year and a half, almost two years now, uh, it's been quite interesting. Um, it's been uh, somewhat uh, confusing at times. You know, you think you have life figured out. You think you understand what God has called you for. And the Bible says, many are the plans in a man's heart. You know, I, I always thought that my, uh, you know, my, my purpose in life was to work with my father. You know, I enjoyed traveling with him. I enjoyed being with him, learning from him, being mentored by him. Uh, but I was comfortable being, you know, in the background. Uh, my dad always tried to encourage my sister and I uh, to speak you know, I remember this, this, this one occasion. My dad had this invitation to speak uh, at this event in Dallas, uh, but he had already uh, booked those dates uh, at another event in, in another country. And uh, we were going over the calendar trying to you know, decide what we were going to confirm and what we had to postpone. And one of the things that he insisted was like, you know, maybe you should go to Dallas while I go uh, to speak to this other event. My first reaction was, nah, it will never happen. <laughs> it's funny how life works out, right? <laughs> so here I am, uh, not pastoring, but just sharing my heart with, with you guys. Um, I'm not my father. I'm, I'm not, I don't want you to expect to hear him. Uh, I look like him a little bit. Um, And you may hear bits and pieces of him, but, you know, you're going to hear Miles Jr. today. Amen? Amen. So uh, what what I want to share with you today, and, you know, like I said, God has uh, been working on me, you know, especially these past two weeks. Um, A lot has been going on, and I've I've been going through a lot of decision-making. You know, especially within our organization and, you know, with my, with, in my personal life. And, uh, you know, I'm always reminded that, you know, the Bible says to seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And then all of these things will be added. Oh, uh, Pastor John, just to let you know, you know, you said that you... <laughs> yeah. You hope that God gives me a South African woman. <laughs> That's my wife. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. <laughs> and then the woman will be provided to me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, That was good. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then everything that you need, everything that you desire will be added to you. You know, the, the, the Bible in, in Genesis, you know, God pretty much laid the foundation for his kingdom and how his kingdom operates. You know, Genesis 1.26 says, And God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and the animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image, in the image of God. He created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, and over all, every living creature that moves along the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth, and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth, and all the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. So here it is that God is giving us his charge. He created us in his image, in his likeness, and told us to have dominion over the earth. Now, the earth is an extension, or is supposed to be an extension of heaven. God created you and I and formed earth To be a colony of the kingdom of heaven. Earth is God's extension of heaven to earth. The Bible is not about religion, but it is entirely about a kingdom. And a kingdom has a king, its kingdom or its territory, and then it has its kingdom governing, the rulership of that kingdom. So that's, that, that's what God wanted to do with earth. God has his territory, and we have our territory. And God gave us our charge of what we are to do with our territory. We are to rule over our domain. Have dominion over everything on the earth. Now if God tells us to have dominion, if God tells us to do anything, then he has already given us everything that we need to do what he told us to do. If God has given you a vision for your life, if God has given you a word for your life, if God promises you something that he will do for you, then everything that you need to accomplish that is already in you. You have dominion over your territory. Your domain. God's original idea was to establish his kingdom on earth. Just like it is in heaven. So God's goal was to colonize earth with heaven. To bring heaven's culture to earth. Now, in the Bahamas, you know, we was a colony of Great Britain until 1973 when we gained our independence. We were an extension of the British kingdom. And it's a funny thing how kingdoms operate. The culture of a kingdom is brought to every territory that it colonizes. So in the Bahamas, which is miles away from the kingdom of Great Britain, we drive on the left-hand side of the road. We speak the Queen's English. We wear suits in 90-degree weather. (laughs) We drink tea in 90-degree weather. (laughs) We wear socks up to our knees. Well, my dad used to wear socks up to his knee. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I don't wear it that high. <laughs> but the entire culture of that kingdom is replicated in the colony. So that's what God wanted to do or was trying to do when he created earth. He wanted earth to be a, an exact replica. Of the kingdom of heaven. Colonization. So a kingdom is a sovereign rulership and governing influence of a king over its territory, impacting it with his will, intent, and purpose, producing a community of citizens, expressing a culture reflecting the nature and lifestyle of the king. So our representation of the kingdom of heaven on earth is supposed to reflect everything that is in heaven. In heaven there is no sorrow. In heaven there is prosperity. In heaven there is life. In heaven There is no death. And God wants us to experience that here on earth. This kingdom that we represent is not of this world, but in this world. We are supposed to be the influencers here on earth. You know, we, we wonder why no government seems to get it right. Because those government aren't right. Because they are operating under the wrong governance. The kingdom of heaven was the first original country in existence. Heaven created earth. Therefore, earth needs heaven to function. There is no problem that earth can solve independently of heaven. And by extension, there is no problem that we can solve independently of our source. So you wonder sometimes Why why it's so difficult for you as a kingdom citizen? Because we all claim to be kingdom citizens. Why is it difficult for us or for me to achieve those things, God, that you said we could achieve? You said seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all of these things will be added. Well sometimes that's because we aren't connected. To our source. We think we're connected. We think we're doing everything that we're supposed to. But we aren't directly connected to our source. And that's what God wants us, that's what He wants us to get back to. You know, in, in, in Genesis, God gave Adam everything, He placed him in the Garden of Eden and said, This tree is yours. This bird is yours. This livestock is yours. The fish are yours. Everything is yours. Dominate. That means that everything that we need to dominate our territory, we have here. But in order for us to draw that out of us, we need to stay connected to our source. Think of a a newborn baby. The baby cannot feed itself, cannot clothe itself, cannot bathe itself. It's an extension of its mother, its parents. Its parents are there as a source for that child. If a baby is disconnected from its mother and its father, There's no way that baby can survive. Just like that child, we, as kingdom citizens, are unable to survive if we are not connected to our source. You know, I battled with this for these past 18 months because There was so, you know, I got frustrated because I I felt that there was so much expectation on my life and my sister's life. And, you know, I I, I question myself often, you know, am I running away? You know, because folks expect me to be my father, basically, you know, and for me, you know, I just feel that I'm not him. I'm entirely different from him. And that created a frustration because for me, I I was thinking, you know, God, am I running from what it is you want me to do? Everyone else is saying, you know, they expect me to do this and expect me to be this way and, and, and all of these expectations. Is it me? And, you know, I started to allow myself to be influenced by everyone else and not being directly influenced by my source. You know, we can get distracted if we aren't connected. We are in this world, but not of this world. And the distractions aren't necessarily bad all the time. You know, folks mean, well, they were impacted by my father, and I understand that they miss him just as much as I miss him, and they want that sense of connection still to him. And, you know, I empathize with that and I, I understand. But what I tell folks is you have to realize that I am not Miles Monroe Sr. And even I had to remind myself, you are not Miles Monroe Sr. And God has been repeated, re, he, he has reminded me repeatedly that I am an, my own individual. And the only way that I can achieve what I am supposed to achieve is being connected to him. You know, God gives us these visions and, and, and gifts for our lives. And sometimes we tend to just wait on God, God's word or his vision or, or, or that gift that he's placed in our lives to come to pass, to flourish. We just expect, okay, God. This is what you told me. This is what I've seen. This is the vision that you have given me. You know, I'll just wait for that to happen. And that's where I was. You know, God gave me a word. You know, eighteen months ago, and I was in a position where I just, I said, I said, okay, God, I expect this to happen. This is the word that you gave me. I'm just going to wait on this word to come to pass. And that's not how God operates. God gives us a word, gives us our gifts, our talents, our abilities, and then he says, now what are you going to do? How productive are you going to be? We need God to discover our purpose. So let let me jump to what it is I really want to share with you guys today. Matthew 25, 14 to 30. This is the parable of the talents. Verse 14 says, again, it will be So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said. You entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man who had two bags also came. Master, he said. You entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come share in your master's happiness. Verse 24, then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I know Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would receive it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever, for, for whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So here it is. This master gave, brought three of his servants together. He gave one five bags of gold, the other two bags, the other one bag. The one with five bags of gold took the gift that he was given and multiplied it. He had dominion over that gift. He didn't wait on his master to tell him what to do. He didn't wait on his master to return to say what, sh- what he should do with those gifts. Same with the servant that had two bags. They put what had been entrusted to them to work. And when their master returned, they gave him back what he gave them and more. The, the servant with one, who got the one bag, just hid his talent. Did not put it to work. And instead when his master returned. Gave his master back exactly what his master gave to him. And it's that way with God. God gives us a vision. God gives us talent. He gives us our gifts. And he goes away. And his. His. Hope is that we put our talents to work. We reproduce and multiply that which He has given to us. You know, I God has given. You know, I I have to repent. You know, when I studied on this scripture, because God has given me a word. And he's given me different gifts, and instead of looking at my gift to bring God's word to pass. I was just hoping on God's word to come to pass. So how many of you have gifts and talents that God has given you? And then God has given you a vision, but you're ignoring everything that you have in you already. Some of you have the gift of song, some of you have the gift of poetry. Some of you may possess land that is just sitting there. And then you look at God and say, God, I'm, I'm, I'm not blessed. I don't feel like you're, you're blessing me. I, I'm not successful. What, what, why? You, you, you told me you've given me this vision for my life, but I don't see it coming to pass. And God is saying, but you have everything. What are you doing with what I gave you? See, our focus isn't supposed to be on just God's word. You know, the Bible says faith without work is dead. So yes, we can, hope, we can have faith on what God said to us, what God has given, the vision that he has given us. But if we don't, don't put that, work, that faith to work, we won't reap any benefits. We're going to give God... The exact amount of talent that he gave to us in the beginning. But God wants us to take that gift. Take that talent that we've been given. And multiply it. Reproduce it. So that we can give him that gift in abundance. And guess what he does to you? He gives you more than you can handle. God's word most times is a test. God tells us, I want to make you successful. I want to use you as an example for my kingdom. I want to bless you. I want to bless your generation. And we just sit on that word. Because we've become a lazy generation. We say, God, this is what you have told me, then this is what I expect to happen. And God says, no, it doesn't work that way. You have to work. You don't have to know the end result. You don't know, we cannot predict the future. But that's not our problem. Our goal is to take that first step. And then take that second step. And we walk into Our purpose. And then God multiplies and gives us the ability and adds to our blessing as we reproduce and multiply what He has given to us. And that's what God wants His kingdom. That's how He wants His kingdom to be reflected on earth. There's no lack in God's kingdom, there's no want in God's kingdom. We need for nothing in the kingdom of God. But there's also no laziness in God's kingdom. As as, as kingdom citizens, God wants us to work. The first thing God gave man in the Garden of Eden was work. He didn't say relax and chill under the tree and the food will be provided for you. No, He told mine to work, dominate your territory, so that, I, so that I can bless you in abundance. But God wants to test our laziness. Are we lazy citizens? Or are we workers of God's kingdom? So God gave us dominion over our territory, over earth. Not for us to leave earth, but for us to remain here, multiply, replenish, subdue, and have dominion over our territory using the gifts that we've been given so that he can say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your creator's happiness. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. You know, I I just want to reiterate that we have all been given gifts and talents. Not the same gifts and talents. The gifts or the vision or the word that God has given you is not the word that he's given to the person sitting next to you. Therefore, don't compare what you've been given to what they've been given. God gives us our gifts because we are uniquely made. Our ability Matches the gifts we've been given. God knows exactly what we are capable of. And he gives us everything we need to be able to dominate our territory. To be an influence in our area of gifting. But he's waiting for us to put our gifts to work. Let us pray. Father, I I thank you for this word. I pray that This blesses at least one individual in here today. God, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your guidance. I pray that you stir up the gifts that you have given us. I pray we seek your kingdom and all of its righteousness. I pray you allow us and keep teaching us how to dominate our territory, how to dominate our gift. So that we can multiply, subdue, and have dominion. So that you can say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Father, I ask that you bless each family represented here today. I pray for Pastor John and and his family. Father, I pray that you allow this ministry to be an influence in the territory of Africa, not just South Africa, Father, but the continent of Africa. I pray that everything that comes out of this ministry will influence the masses. Father, you have remained faithful to this family, to this ministry, through everything that they have experienced. And I pray that that faithfulness will continue. Bless every family represented here today. I pray blessings upon their fruits, their gifts. I rebuke the spirit of laziness, Father. I rebuke the spirit of entitlement. I rebuke the spirit of... of. I rebuke the spirit of... Expectations. Father, allow us to flourish in the gifts and the abilities that you have given us. That is all we know, that is all we have. I pray that you bless us immensely so that your kingdom can be glorified here on earth. I pray folks, look at your kingdom citizens And stand in awe so much that they want to be a part of that kingdom. Allow your kingdom to be an influence here on earth, God, through your citizens. And I pray at the end of everything, you get all the honor and all the glory. In your name I pray. Have you received something today? I believe you have. Well, God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for being here. You're free to leave.